Hey everybody, Empty Arena Podcast, episode 3. This is John, Nick, Danny, Andrew, and live via satellite, we have Chris. Hello. Hello. Well, hey everybody, from Staten Island, I'm across the pond, or the Hudson River, whatever you like to <laughs> that, call it, the, but uh, I'm bringing it live. That would be the, the Hudson Bay. Um, okay, so this week we're going to try a little bit different format just to shake things up a little bit. Uh, instead of doing a recap of Raw and SmackDown, uh, which if you guys want to listen to, uh, we'll probably do that later on in the podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about defunct pay-per-views. Not necessarily just WWE. Uh, we could do WCW, ECW, um, and how they could be used or reutilized for today's audience. Absolutely. As well as defunct matches that we don't see as much anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and same topic, how they could be utilized for today's audience. I have a question. Whatever happened to predictability? Si- single with manager. <laughs> <laughs> and predictability. Single. single with manager. For the SmackDown video game uh, audience, that was that one. <laughs> or a tornado tag team match. Alright, so before we, uh, before we jump into the matches, I say we start off with pay-per-views. Um, and I think a main one. You you're tired there, Chris? It sounds like you're tired. We're boring you out already. Yeah, stop breathing in the microphone, Chris. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. So, this is this is all new technology. You got to do a little yeah, taze on day. You got to move away from the mic to breathe. You know, come on. <laughs> what, a, what a name drop! That's a, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm an amateur. Amateur. That's right. You are. Right, Just so. a dream. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so I think a, a defunct pay per view that. Nobody sees as much anymore, um, except for on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine plus tax. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, will be Bash at the Beach. Hey. Bash at the Beach. Which was, I believe it was actually on the beach at one point in the 90s, where, you know, sweaty wrestling hunky men would be... Uh, Wearing very tight bathing suits and green. What are you trying stuff. to say, John? Are you talking about was, Greco-Roman wrestling back in the was this basically uh, was was this WCW? So heads up, I was not a big WCW guy when I was How growing up. How dare you? Shame on you, loser! Strictly WWF slash WWE. That makes two you of us. You watched the World Wildlife Foundation. Nick, was this was Bash at the Beach? Basically, uh, WCW SummerSlam. Yes, I would say that it's pretty much WCW's equivalent to SummerSlam, and the most significant match at the beach installment, as everybody would probably uh, agree on, is the 1996 uh, match at the beach when uh, Hulk Hogan turned NWO. That's right. The first time I ever saw at a wrestling event people just throw tons of garbage into the ring, I was like, "Wow, people are really mad." Mean Gene's life was in danger. You know, you mentioned that. WCW, like, for WWE, nobody ever did that. But WCW, they would throw full soda cans. Everybody threw garbage in the ring. It was crazy. There was an episode I remember really quick. I'm going to go off topic really quick. When Kurt Henning was cutting a promo in the ring when he just joined the NWO. And he's talking to, I think he was talking to Bischoff. And you could see coming from the left side of of the screen, you see someone chuck a full cup of soda and it hits heading right in the back of the head and he doesn't even <laughs> miss a step he keeps going that's how and, it was. and 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 yeah, on the commentary booth goes yeah hit him again it was such a great impromptu <laughs> moment like i would watch that clip a hundred times and just crack up but I yeah bash it. at the beach was uh their summer slam and um for a time i believe it was held outdoors i mean yes uh it was uh then eventually moved inside but 
um yeah it was uh it was a cool event it had an, a nice you know unique summery theme to it you know surfing sand beach all that stuff yeah so. fake sand on the uh on the titan <laughs> well no they were also in they were also in warm climates so for the most part right as far as i know they were in florida um mainly orlando and uh, i believe daytona beach yes um and for a couple of years they were also in california once was in huntington beach and the other was in san, uh, san diego yeah, that just seems to make the most sense. It's not like they're going to have Badge at the Beach live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Heavy uh, snow on the beach. Was it was it always in August, July? When was the uh, event held? I recall July. usually July. Yeah, sometimes yeah, June. I think, I think it was July. July. I mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Around that time. It was a July event. See, yeah. this is educational for me because I, I only knew Bash at the Beach from that NWO clip. But didn't yeah. you... Didn't you uh, we were hanging out at that time. Didn't you come to my house and watch some of it? I never watched WCW with you. Damn. That was your other friend. Oh, shit. That was in Danny's dreams. No, it, it was pro- it was probably my cousins because my cousins were into it. That's my, my dad was like, hey, bros, come on, let's watch the best at the beach. <laughs> Fun fact Hope for you out there. Of the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now if we were to like, bring that back for today, how could that fit, like, I think that would be a good replacement for whatever pay-per-views in June or July. Yeah, I mean, SummerSlam is what, August? SummerSlam is late August, yeah. Late August? Right. So, so yeah, June or July, definitely. But, you mm. know, how, how much merit does it get? Would it be one of those side ones? You know, Well, well July is extreme rules, mm. generally. Um, so, technically, they can move extreme rules to May, maybe. But May is backlash, so... Um, if, if they were to do Bash at the Beach in July, what's June? You know, the, the creepy part of me would money love the bank. to see this as oh, a Oh, yeah, Money in the Bank has to stay. I know, I said the creepy, the creepy part of me would like to see this as a women's pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's, I feel like that's something that would have happened in 2004. Yeah. The return okay. of the brawn pants Bash at the Beach. <laughs> bikini match. The bikini match. But the, the only thing with that is, uh, do they have any venues that could hold... 20,000 people in the middle of the summer in a warm climate. Jones Beach? How many people fit at Jones Beach? Uh, 10,000 maybe, I, I'm assuming. Like, I was looking at M- MCU Park, which is on our home turf for Brooklyn, New York, you know, uh, at Coney Island, and mm-hmm. they could hold 7,000 people. That's in the uh, stands. Yeah. Uh, I know Ring of Honor usually does uh, a, a summer... I don't know if it's a pay-per-view. I don't really follow Ring of Honor. But I know they do a summer event at MCU Park. Really? Right. Huh. Yeah, I can see this being like outdoors at a, at a ballpark. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe, a small, maybe a smaller which, pay-per-view. Right, which yeah. WWE... And Coney Island Beach right there. Right, exactly. And which WWE is kind of doing already. In January, the Royal Rumble's in Phoenix at uh, uh, the baseball field over there. Uh, Chris, which, that's... Chase's uh, Field. Right. Yeah, but... That probably holds a lot more people than. <laughs> By the way, uh, <laughs> Chris is making fun of those. What? Does it taste good, Chris? Chris? We can hear you, Chris, eating his uh, wife's lasagna. <laughs> no, Speaking of wives, I'd like, like to give a shout out to my wife uh, for providing the room. Um, Woo! Because, uh, yeah, I, I got scolded last week for not giving a shout out to her. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> moving on. You're my wife. <laughs> hey, you're my wife. That'd be, that'd be uh, Christina. I love you, Christina. Okay. Uh, so, well, I, I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, if we're 
on the subject of WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had I had one for WCW that yeah, I, I used say, to love. You mentioned this before. Yeah, which was Halloween Havoc, which was also packaged as one of their six flagship pay per views, which included Bash at the Beach. Yeah, and I mean, oh really? Yes. Halloween ha- what what do they do now for WWE in October? Um, in October, they usually do Hell in a Cell, right? Usually it's Hell in a Cell. They also have done No Mercy in And October. this year they're doing the first ever women's pay-per-view. Right. This right, year right, right. the first women's right. pay-per-view. So, I mean, what, what I used to love... First off, Halloween Havoc, they had one of the coolest, um, like, Titantron areas. Yeah, the sets were oh, awesome. Yeah. The set was really cool. It had, like, yep. this ghoulish, gigantic figure. Grabbing the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, giant, yes. big giant pumpkin, like a big inflatable yes, yes, thing. Yes, yes. It was, was so cool. cool. All it was missing was Charlie Brown. Yeah, and and the you know the one thing that that I can see for that is that they can do for Halloween Havoc like a little something more extreme, a little something uh, you know scarier. I definitely like I don't know why, but I envision like a person of uh, Jeff Hardy's caliber standing on the top of the ghoul's head or the top of the pumpkin just jumping off while somebody is laying down on a on a That's table cool. right you well, know what, like what just about swanton bombing what about Bray Wyatt yes yeah, you know that, Bray that, Wyatt yeah, Matt that Hardy perfectly. then then they could you know well, I was so, about to say they could bring like one of those buried alive matches back you know? they had a like a battle royal like featuring all the weird characters like boogeyman and you know, broken Matt Hardy. So kind of do like a Royal Rumble type thing where they come back with maybe a little Undertaker in there. Or if they have Finn Balor come out in some crazy paint or some weird sort of like zombie-esque sort of thing. You could do a lot of things. Sure, and they could even do like like costume matches where, Mm. you know, like the the, uh, wrestler dresses up as a zombie and then there's like a Frankenstein and then they're fighting each other, you know, like instead of fighting with their ring <laughs> that'd be, that'd be or cool something. idea. The only thing with that is I think with the PG error, um, I, I call it the PG error because it is an error. Clever. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I don't think WWE would go for the costume matches because little kids may get scared. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking about like, you know, crazy zombie flesh falling off of the person. You know, like... Uh, a, a, a cheesy Dracula costume or a cheesy Frankenstein. So somehow costume. they have to they have to get either Charlie Haas, Santino Morella, or, yeah. or somebody I else that would like be Santino willing Marella to join. Santino Morella has been in, in, in a similar match. The B team. There you go, B team. They could dress up as as crappy mummies. <laughs> they, are, they are crappy mummies. Uh, well, there was a there uh, there was a match. It was I think on SmackDown around Halloween, where you had Dean Ambrose and Cesaro. Like that's what in a trick or treat match. Yeah, it's <laughs> a table full of candy. Oh, well, that's like when they do the uh, the Christmas matches uh, on Raw and SmackDown. Like um, Mick Foley with Santa. Santa's Santa helper yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mick Foley dressed up as Santa one year. Those make me cringe hundred percent of the time. Cause I yep. Think, how is so cheesy? I would love to see them play an angle off where like they take a bunch of candy corn and dump it onto the mat, and they all avoid the candy corn like it's a bunch of thumbtacks. Uh, thumbtacks, <laughs> like, yeah. They, they get slammed on it and they sell it. Where it's like, oh my god, he's got candy corn all over his back. Oh god, the torture. The <laughs> oh my god. Oh <laughs> god. So, uh, well, speaking of costume matches and Halloween matches on SmackDown, uh, back in 2014 on Halloween, it looked like they, they had a, a Divas match when they were dressed up. Uh, 
at yeah, one point. I mean, I mean, but at like something like that is gimmicky, but right. you know, especially with the divas, like they. They've done that stuff. Like Chris mentioned uh, when Andrew said uh, bash at the beach for all the women, Chris said the uh, bra and panties bash. And, you know, like that was a little that was a little silly, you know, like right. there's no reason for stuff. No, 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 100%. Like they wouldn't go back to doing, you know, to doing those types of matches. Um, Although on Raw the other night, Elias did mention uh, Braun Panties matches technically when Trish Stratus came out. Yeah, so when Trish that was came fantastic, out. by the way. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, that was actually a good. Absolutely. Problem. What's a what's a what's a WWE one that they got rid of and and we would like to see? I, I would great, love to see Great Balls of Fire. No, that was awful. <laughs> that was I, awful. <laughs> I would love to see Cyber Sunday. It would work perfectly with social media. Very if, true, if, you're, yeah. if you're smart, everyone has the app. WWE app, like a Twitter match or something. <laughs> well, not necessarily a Twitter match, but like they could vote on who would fight. Out. Like WWE would uh, basically pre-record three people to fight Finn Balor, let's say, um, and the WWE Universe would go on the app and basically vote, which is kind of what they did, but they didn't do it on the app. I don't believe. I think no, it was I, on WWE.com. They voted. I think it was initially. It was just .com voting. Like you would go. I remember I got really excited once. It was like one year. It was like a tab. Oh, it started out as Taboo Tuesday, Tuesday right? right? Yep. And that was the only pay per view that happened on a Tuesday at that time. That's insanity. Right. They had a Tuesday night. Did they also uh, tape SmackDown on Tuesdays at I, one point? I think they've always taped SmackDown on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And they would air it on Thursday or Friday, whatever the day was. But I, I imagine that the Cyber Sunday or Taboo Tuesday was a raw pay-per-view. Yeah, it had to be. I'm pretty sure. It was It was based around Edge, I think. I don't, did Edge cash in his Money in the Bank contract at Taboo Tuesday? I can't remember. I know it was Edge and Cena or some mixture of th- those two guys. But it, it was basically you, you pick a stipulation in a match on .com. And whoever had like the most votes or whatever match got the most votes, that would go through and be the match that they just select that they selected i don't even how would that like how would that work today i would say they do it on twitter because you know how they're always having those tweets pop up right something like that or or even the app because that's more centralized and it gives you more stats you were saying yeah that's true the app would be really good right um or or if you want to go a step further, it could be televised televised on Facebook or other forms of so- social media. Well, yeah, mixed match. You mean right. you mean like one of those uh, empty arena f- matches or something like that? Every episode just... comes full circle. Every single episode. <laughs> um, yeah, they could probably do that too. But right, they just film it like you know wherever they want to be. But hold off on the matches. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll we'll go to all that fun what's, stuff later. What's another one? So. This was on my mind for a while when we started going through topics. Was King of the Ring and how this mm. could be brought back for uh, 2018. So King of the Ring was a tournament style uh, bracket. Um, it was like a, a knockout bracket series that was uh, you know ran across Raw, SmackDown, ended in a pay per view with the you know proper name King of the Ring, and, I, and the. The winner of the King of the Ring won a title match at the following SummerSlam, at least for most of them. King Booker. And I think this was also the longest running, defunct, currently defunct pay per view type, uh, type of. Uh, right. So yeah. I, and I was actually doing like some research on my way home because I haven't heard of King of the Ring in a few years, but apparently the last winner was uh, Wade Barrett in 2015 what? when it was like a 
it was on Raw, right? It was like a special on Raw. Right. Yeah, it was like yeah, a network yeah. special. King, King Wee like, like the Slammies. It was, right, exactly. <laughs> However, um, in case you guys didn't know this, uh, WWE actually announced in, back in April that yeah. the King of Ring tournament is coming back for this year. Mm-hmm. That's um, cool, I like yeah. that. And it's only going to be exclusive to the uh, UK division, so it's going to be... Oh, interesting. Which is, yeah, that, I think that's a cool move. Like, to yeah, make that, you know... Great Britain's a monarch, so they have to take the, that. Take the, you know... The equity behind the King of the Ring name, apply that to the UK title. And yeah, it, but you know, oh, go ahead. Are they going to have it in London? That would be cool. I mean, at this point, I oh, think, uh, I think that for you know, bringing back King of the Ring, maybe they should put bring back Insurrection if anybody remembers that. <laughs> I don't. Insurrection and Rebellion. That yeah, was those are the two, two UK well, papers. Right. I don't remember any of those. Yeah. Like, I feel like they have a they. WWE has like a well of all these old pay-per-views they can grab from and like rebrand. Like right. for King of the Ring, and you guys tell me what you think. But what if this was a show kind of like the Mixed Match Challenge, where it was it's you know you take guys maybe from tag teams or like undercard dudes, put them in a tournament, have them wrestle on Facebook Live, and maybe have like the semifinals in like a pre-show at a pay-per-view and then finals on a, on a show. Yeah, you know, I, I I think that that's a great idea, but at the same time, I feel that King of the Ring had a lot of merit a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, King of the Ring is really what exploded the career of Austin, for example. Uh-huh. Like, that's when, yeah. he, when he beat Jake the Snake and Jake the Snake was walking away. He's sitting on the throne. And that was the and birth of 316. Yeah, that's when he goes, well, Austin 316. Yep. Right, exactly. So, you know, I mean, King of the Ring was important. The people that won King of the Ring were like the next up-and-comers. So I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's Kurt Angle won. Exactly. Triple H. That was around the time that he was just coming out of the uh, just coming out of the doghouse. I think I think that was King of the Ring '97 uh, yeah. when he beat uh, Mankind in the final. Yeah, Triple and I H would defeat Mankind. I would like right? I would like to see King of the Ring become that top tier that it was. Would Would you say that Money in the Bank is today's King of the Ring, in a way? I, I absolutely yeah see yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I could see the parallel. A chance for someone in the mid card to get to the upper card well on the other hand um money in the bank really started what probably 2006 as it started at uh, it actually started at wrestlemania it started at wrestlemania as the opening match in in 2006 right i I think think it was was wrestlemania 21 i I believe so yeah 21 or 22 i can't remember So that was the early 2000s then mid 2000s yeah okay so at that time they were still doing king of the ring so they actually were together we were at one both point, at one right? time, yeah. They didn't right. coincide. Yeah. And, you know, that was all like, uh, Lesnar won it in 2002, Booker T in 2006. There was a four-year hiatus between Lesnar and Booker yeah, T. Yeah, th- King And Booker. that brought up King Booker, who was yep. another great heel. Right. He was a heel at that point, I believe. He was right? a heel at that point. I think he was always... But I don't think he got a title shot, though. So that's the thing. Like, yeah. I think Lesnar was the last person to have a title shot, which happened at SummerSlam when he faced The Rock. Right. Yeah, and that's he right. Destroyed him for the championship, and then let you know that's when they started the brand split from that right. point. And then after that, right. it seemed like you know Booker T winning. I think that was just you know that gave birth to a whole gimmick change and kind of revitalized his career. You know, even though he was on the the downside, it gave him that one last run. But 
even after that, I mean, it just didn't seem like the winners really got anything significant out of it. I mean, Regal, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, being that he is English, you know, I guess you could have some application there, but Sheamus winning it, Barrett winning it, I don't know what it really did for those guys. Like, put it this way, do you remember Do you remember when Sheamus won it? I really don't. No, 13, not at all. 14, I don't know yeah, when he yeah. won it. Wade Barrett, I had no idea that he won it. Well, I mean, he, he I, did I go remember, on to a main event, but I don't think that was a catalyst. I, I do remember when King, no. uh, King, Jimmy, King Wade Barrett won it. I do remember that. He did have that little ring for a little bit afterwards. I, I vaguely remember Sheamus winning it. I think he went on to face Stephen Amell at SummerSlam. I think that's the... the, <laughs> that's the uh, that's what a good, you want to talk about a great performance. Stephen Amell, man. Hey, listen. He's going to be at All In on Saturday. That was excellent. <laughs> But um, but uh, 2006 when Booker T won, that was the first time King of the Ring was branded on SmackDown, and it was only on SmackDown, right? Wow. Not even a pay per view. Oh, right. Okay, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Right, and he actually defeated Bobby Lashley. Hey. Fun fact. Interesting. That guy's a monster. Yep. He is so. a monster, but he's got the same amount of personality as a piece of cardboard. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Lashley hater. So I I, I think uh. There may be one or two other pay-per-view defunct defunct pay-per-views that might be able to uh, be useful in today's. You know, it would be cool, like if you had uh, um, in your house, but make that an exclusive network. Yeah, show. I, was, I was thinking that. And yeah. like, you know, maybe it's a house show at MSG, right. Called in your house. Right. Is that what they used to do? I always was confused with um, that in your well, house. I think I think, I think so. in your house shows. Moniker. Yeah, it was well, house shows. In your house had a different theme every time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember, there was uh, man. I if I'm, I'm trying to remember correctly, it was maybe for about five or six years they did WWF in your house, um, but they were all like weird names. It was like in your house three, in your house four, and they were once a month. Yeah, I years. just remember the stage being an actual house. house right. Um, <laughs> like in Your House 3 was really called cool. Triple Header. Um, and, and it was supposed to be, uh, quote-unquote, less costly than the big five annual pay-per-views at that time. Right. And, then, and then in 97 is when they had uh, the one that stood out to me the most, the uniquely branded In Your House, was D-Generation X yes. In Your House. And I know Austin fought The Rock for the Intercontinental title. That was like one of the first times that they had a match with each other. I don't remember if there were prior matches before that, but I know Austin was Intercontinental Champion at the time he was coming off the win over Owen Hart in, in uh, August. So, yep, pretty much that. Absolutely. And and you know what I really liked about In Your House as well? I like that the matches, like, even now, when you go to those house shows that they might not be televised, what I like about it is that they experiment with a lot of the wrestlers they put... I remember I went to a house show and they did a Hell in a Cell. I mean, it was great, you know? Right. Um, Two of them uh, were actually pretty cool. Uh, One of them was actually uh, In Your House 11. It was called Buried Alive. Mm. Uh, Mm, Which I think we should get to later when we talk about the fuck matches. Yes. uh, Or less than normally used matches. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one. And then one of them actually, I think, turned into its own pay-per-view at one point. Was bad blood? That oh. was actually an in your house. Yeah, originally. that's remember bad blood. Yep. Right. Bad blood. Um, that was uh, that wasn't really a that wasn't really a gimmicky type of pay per view. It was just mm-hmm. more like, hey, we need a pay per view to hey, put in here. Bad blood. That's where Kane came Kane's from. Debut. Right. Kane's debut. Andrew's favorite wrestler, which is still weird. I don't agree with his politics, but I agree with how awesome he is as a wrestler. What's his politics? 
I don't know. <laughs> it's safe just to say that. And also, um, Unforgiven was also in your house, pay per view. Huh. Originally? Fun fact. Interesting. Yep. Ah. Uh, the Over the Edge, uh, Fully Loaded. They, they had all cool names. Like Judgment Day was one. Ooh. Judgment Day. That Judgment was a good Day. So they, right. That's that's cool. I mean, so maybe they're paying some homage to right. in, in your house. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're already paying respect. Full circle. Respect. 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 <laughs> Thick. Respect. So, um, I don't know why I said that. I don't know either. Uh, okay, so do we have any more uh, defunct pay-per-view types? No. No? What about Starcade? Okay, yeah. Ooh. Let's go to Starcade. Starcade. You know, Starcade was actually, when I was growing up, I was a WCW kind of kid. And the first match that I really remember, or the first pay-per-view I really remember being very excited about was Starcade 97. And I think it was after a year of Sting being screwed over yeah. by Hulk Hogan and the NWO. The NWO was running amok for the year. And they started to be stalked by Sting, who had the new face paint, the black and white. Yeah, and he would hang really out cool. in the rafters. And he, I, I don't think that he wrestled that entire year. And it built up to that excitement of... I could still see the, the opening thing. The opening monologue when Sting is run, running through like this rainy castle. castle. Uh-huh. That he has no business being in, <laughs> and then they do this like laser light show on the on the rafters of the whole thing, and people are freaking out. It was their WrestleMania, and it was at the that at the time was the biggest match in history was Sting versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And I'm looking at the card for this thing. It was actually pretty stacked too. It was a uh, oh really yeah. There was uh, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, Randy nice. Savage, Ray Trailer, aka the Big Boss Man, Steiner Brothers. Goldberg, Saturn, he who, uh, he who shall not be named, Chris <laughs> Benoit, uh, Buff Bagwell, Luger, DDP, Mr. Perfect, Larry Zbysko, Bischoff, Scott Hall, and Sting and Hogan, of course. So that's a that's, that's a pretty a good card. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, Chris, just to kind of uh, go off of that a second, Sting. What was great about that was that even though Sting was not. Uh, wrestling, like you said, he'd come out, he'd beat the crap out of the NWO, just come out of nowhere, take no prisoners. It was perfect. It was a, such yeah. a great build up. I think that's something and, that we're missing. And at today. the time, he was he was like the the Undertaker of yeah. of uh, w, w, uh, of WCW, where he just didn't speak. He didn't. He was very ominous. He would show up out of nowhere. And yeah. Do some creepy stuff. When people don't talk, it's very creepy. <laughs> sometimes it works sometimes it works and people don't yeah work. and it, it did work and the aftermath of that Starcade uh, was actually pretty big uh, Goldberg was given a push to main event status mm-hmm. um, and WCW Thunder came out of that because it became uh, one of the highest rated uh, pay-per-views for WCW for that time frame mm. I mean they could have done more with the actual that main event itself, having Bret Hart. I don't know if he was involved in that storyline at some point. Nick, you would probably know better than I would. But he came out and counted um, or had accepted Hogan's submission. And it, I just never understood that. Yeah, a lot of people speculated that the initial finish, I think when Hogan made the pin, there were speculation that i don't know if this is probably part of the work but they speculated that i think it was nick patrick who was the referee 
that went down for the count and he, when he hit the, when he hit his hand the first time like he counted it as like when he fell to the mat he counted it as the first hit so he really hit the mat one two but they counted as three i don't know exactly what happened but then i remember hogan coming up the ramp and then brett like throwing hogan back into the ring and the match resuming and it was just that awkward finish and yeah it really was just um the match itself i mean you ask anybody you know other uh, wrestling analysts and people that comment on it, they crap all over this match because of all the buildup and all of the hype. It mm. just really was just a bad match from you know. It most, was from almost every it's, angle. It's tough when you're <laughs> when you're booking a match for almost a year. It's it's like there's no there's no way to satisfy everybody. True. It's yeah. Well, that's kind of like WrestleMania. It, it's like when The Rock comes back and says, "Oh, I'm going to face John Cena exactly a year before." actual matches to right. take place and there's no build up to it it's mm-hmm. it's a good match because you're expecting great things from the rock and cena but i think the shock was yeah. that cena lost yeah so yeah we, like as fans we don't know how to react but right like oh wait john cena didn't win for once so we are <laughs> at that point he was roman reign status yeah right, exactly. yeah that's true pretty much yep. so everyone was you know cheering for the rock booing cena um and we but got where, what we wanted. But where would just to go back to Starcade for a second? Where would that like fit today? Like, where, if it, if it could be something that we you know that we have today, would that you know it, would it almost be like a, an event over WrestleMania weekend? Well, I I don't think John, that Starcade would have the same. Uh, John's John's giving me mustard. a John's giving me a, a yeah. head shake like yeah. nah. <laughs> no, Stargate, no, Stargate wouldn't have the same mustard. I, you know, and I think that that Vince wouldn't want it, would wouldn't want it to be that I way. Think it, I think it would no. be ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant, Andrew? I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if they if they wanted to slot anything into the month of December, I mean, even though it is around the Christmas time, and they typically, you know, isn't. I don't recall being a pay per view, you know, towards the end of the month because it's Christmas and you know Christmas Eve. Uh, but you know, if they wanted to do something in the middle of the month, you know, to follow up after Survivor Series or in between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, for storyline purposes, mm-hmm. they probably could bridge some gaps with a pay per view of some decent caliber. And you know, to star Starcade, as far as I remember, was always in December. But you know, yeah. who knows? I don't think Vince, to your point, Danny, would want to put a WCW Hallmark pay per view and no. give it any more. Uh, no. No. Uh, glitter, I guess, as it is. Glitter, right. mustard, whatever you want to say. Let's cancel yeah. mania. Well, well there's yeah. cancel mania. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I think at that point, though, the, the WWE is trying to do a, a, a twice a month pay per view schedule already. Oh, did, they, did they announce well, that? Well, I think they, I think they're now going the co-branded route. So I don't think they're um, in October. They're having the Australian event and the um, the women's the women's yes. evolution. Right. Which I mean, that's that's exciting, and I think they're treating this uh, Australian pay per view as the as the pay per view for the month of October, which is cool because that's it shows you that they're dedicated to making this pay per view work and making it a part of the overall storyline, which is very cool. So, mm-hmm. it, don't you think this pay per view is a little gimmicky, like a like a like a brown panties match or gimmicky? Well, speaking of gimmicky. Let's talk gimmicky matches that we wish would come back. Hey. So I think the, the main match that 99.99999% of people would love to see come back, hardcore matches. 
Thank you, John. However, EC Dub, EC Dub. Yes. However, WWE, um, since they went to the PG era, again, I'm going to use that term, Mm -hmm. um, they lured in so many little kids to watch this goody two shoes Mm. type of wrestling. Um, that I don't think hardcore matches will ever well, work until they become of age to understand what's going on see, and to see, yeah. well, you know, this is what happens when you get hit with a chair or barbed wire. You bleed. <laughs> well, I think I think we can get, you know, I think WWE could go back that route. It just, it, it, it depends on the type of matches that they, that they put out because, you know, I don't know if anyone wants to see pure blood anymore. Um, but... I about think, ketchup? I think pure or, or mustard, as Danny would say. Yes. <laughs> well, what about uh, like an Extreme Rules title? I it's, think that would be good. I mean, that, what, that would work. What I what I want to see again. I'm all about the story, and for me, one of the the best types of matches that they were the, uh, you know, hard and not necessarily hardcore matches, but first the, blood. The not not even a first blood like a backstage brawl. You know, even something like a Gold Dust. Um, Rowdy Piper match, that WrestleMania oh. match, that was so cool. And there was, I don't think there was a lot of blood in that match. Maybe at the end, but it, throughout the whole match, it was telling. The story was very telling. I mean, Goldust hit him with the car. He, they beat. It was the a white Bronco. A white Bronco. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a white Bronco. Uh, I think it wasn't it a pink Cadillac or. or... Or pink Lincoln. No, gold, gold Cadillac. Had a gold Cadillac. Yeah, had a gold Cadillac. And then Piper jumped into a white Bronco. Bronco okay. Yep, yep. And then all of chase. a sudden, the chase scene. <laughs> so yeah, he actually it said on the, I think Vince That's actually crazy. said on commentary. This is vaguely familiar. It's vaguely familiar. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but but I mean I mean just hardcore matches alone. There's a lot of sub hardcore matches. Like, uh, there's barbed wire matches, street fight matches, there's uh, first blood matches, last man standing. Like, that's all, that all could be encompassing right. under the Hulkler type of match. I think... Well, even... Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, just to interject here. But what about bringing back the, the 24-hour rule? I think that would be something that like, oh, I would so want to see. I would love to see it. It was I, so awesome. Going back so to fun. social media, I think that would be awesome if they did that on Facebook Live. Quick shout out to Funtime USA. <laughs> Funtime USA, yes. That <laughs> was the coolest thing ever. Hour. Rest in peace, Funtime USA of Sheep's at Bay. Of Sheep's at Bay. Now it's a storage place. Like, um, imagine if they, like, if you had someone on their social media accounts and they, like, let's say it's Dean Ambrose and, and uh, I don't know, just uh, Bray Wyatt's a hardcore champion. They probably would not be in that title picture, but. Uh, like Ambrose has his phone out, and he's like, "All right, watch. I'm gonna, you know, get Bray for the title." And he gives his phone to a referee, and the referee records it. You know, quote unquote, referee records it, and then you hear in the background like one, two, three. I think that and he wins on Facebook. That's ins- I. I say we. Yeah, that's this. awesome. Yeah, I already booked that. It's my idea. No, uh, and you could even have like you know, copyright you know Andrew twenty eighteen notifications mm-hmm. on your phone that you know D Ambrose just went on Facebook Live, and it, like it'll it'll draw viewership. Right then and there. <laughs> Dean Ambrose started a live video. Yeah. No, I think that's <laughs> awesome. Swipe now to see. So, so I, I mean, so far, like, I, I think, like, going back to the papers and stuff, like, social media could actually have a lot of pull with this yeah, defunct I mean, wrestling type. About, I mean, sure. Did anyone watch the Mixed Match Challenge? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. No. I watched 
parts of it. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna give a shout out to our to our, our, our buddy of the buddy of the show, Brandon, uh, who's you know supported us. So he actually got me into it, and I didn't watch it at first. I was like, this is probably just tag matches on Facebook Live. I don't need to see this. But then I watched some you know some of the some of the matches, and they were fun. They were. It was a house show match, basically on Facebook Live after SmackDown was 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 off the air. They would or mm. Raw, they would run these matches, and it was a tournament style. And I think the the winners uh, were oh, it's, sorry, it was a mixed tag team. Like there were like eight or nine like mixed tag teams, and they would you know wrestle each other tournament style. And I think the winners were the Miz and Oscar. But, yes, but throughout, my boy. But throughout that entire you know run, you had like Strowman and Alexa Bliss, and they had like their fit their fake tag team name. Uh, you had Rude and Charlotte, Zayn and Becky, like all these really cool, different. I remember uh, they marketed it well. Like well, they had a lot of promos. Yeah, for let me it. ask you because I actually didn't see that. So this mixed tag match, would it be that if a if a female wrestler got tagged in like? The, the other female male wrestler would have to tag right, in. Exactly. Oh yeah. See, I would love to see. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Jericho kind of talks about this sometimes on his podcast and even on an interview that I was watching, where he had a great run with China, and yeah. mm-hmm. it ended up propelling him. I would love to see another, you know, China come out and and fight the guys and, and that would be fun. like a ronda yeah. Ra- ronda rousey yeah ronda, ronda rousey could do that could do I, yeah nia Jax could do it i think we had like i think you need to be careful there just because now with like the women's revolution i think they want to keep the women separate from the men but mm-hmm. they could still like interject like where needed and i think it'd be more impactful like if like like ronda rousey you know and, and like you know her throwing triple h that's impactful. Like, but I don't know if it would make sense to have a feud between Rousey and Triple H without ruining either their image. The only time they've done that recently, and and it's become a perpetual theme with this particular individual, is having James Ellsworth get beat up by various by women. the girls. <laughs> so yeah. see what they're doing is they're flipping the dynamic around because they've gone to this angle in which they're trying to empower the women in WWE, and as part of that, they'll take this, you know. Proposed, uh, purported uh, dweeb of James Ellsworth and turn him into this victim where he just gets his butt kicked by the women. So they, I guess, flip, they flip the narrative, I suppose, <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in this case. So I guess they're trying to fulfill that just mm-hmm. in the reverse now. Yeah. All right. So I think uh, another match that hasn't been used a lot lately uh, Buried Alive matches. Buried Alive. When's the last time that one oh, of those happened? Um, can, can, I don't can know. I, can I That's guess? a good question. Can I guess it? I think I know what it is. Go ahead. And you can look it up, John, as we as we talk through it. I think it had something to do with Undertaker and Nexus and Kane and some weird angle where Nexus buried Undertaker at like a Survivor Series or a SummerSlam. Um, I'll get back to you on that one because I think it was actually I think it was in 2010. It says Kane uh, defeated the Undertaker. What? Yep. What? what? 2010. There you go. I mean, was that like a house show? Uh, October twenty fourth, two thousand ten. It was at Breaking Rights. Oh, 
Oh, speaking of a defunct pay-per-view, let's just say <laughs> defunct. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a strictly... It's a strictly well, Undertaker match. Well, they, just jumping back to that, they can't go back to that because they're doing co-branding now, so... Oh, oh yeah, it's like, wow. Well, yeah. Okay. Doesn't make any sense. And I just took a quick glance at the match history when John had it on the screen just now. It's a strictly Undertaker-themed match, so when he's gone, I guess this match... Who knows who would carry well, the mantle? You know, I, I can tell you who I think would carry it is totally uh, Wyatt. Yeah. Um, 100%. A broken, what's it called? Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah. Yep. Matt Hardy. I, uh, I can yeah, totally, I can totally see those guys uh, carrying the match. You know, and, and really, you could take a Buried Alive match and you can kind of put, you know, like a bad feud or, or really hardcore like this is I can't stand you anymore you know I, I think if Matt Hardy goes with that uh, it should be rebranded as a alive to be buried match yeah <laughs> <laughs> some stupid thing like that yeah the problem I think right now is that or alone or alone more match it's mm-hmm. limiting in the sense that when this match you know if this match does take place you have to think about um, Taker was the one that I think Lost, I think almost every buried alive match that he was in because yeah. he had that supernatural gimmick where he could just to play it back. off that he would just die and resurrect. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do it and carry it on, you're gonna have to take a huge leap and christen literally christen a new character with that carrying that mantle of being a supernatural Not character. Natural. Which I don't think they'll ever right. be they'll able to pull that. it off. No. There'll be a nev- never will never be another Undertaker. That's neither here nor there. But mm-hmm. um, you, you know yeah. what would be a cool idea though. At the Super Showdown in Australia, if they did a buried alive match between the Undertaker and Triple H, and that'd be like the final one. And Triple H stands with the shovel to yep. like you know symbolize yep. I'm burying somebody else. Right. Like, make fun of the, of the whole joke <laughs> that he buries. Right, what, right, the meme. Right. <laughs> I'm about to book a crazy match. What happens if Triple H buries Taker in Australia and then at like a house show on the other side of the Crocodile world Taker. In, in America, Taker comes to the top of the ring like he went through the earth. And he becomes... And, and like, instead, instead of wearing an Undertaker's hat, it. he's wearing like a, like a cowboy hat, like a but he like Crocodile Dundee hat. No, I, I mean literally he like buried himself through the earth, came out the other side and has like maybe a little soot on his cheeks. <laughs> like, oh, and then beats Kurt Hawkins at the house. Well, they don't do it in Australia. They, if they, if they, I mean, they're, they're breaking into the Chinese market right now. So if they do, a, if they do a pay per view in China, who knows? They could probably do it there too if they don't do it in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like going along with those types of matches, like uh, dumpster match. How, how how often do you see those? I mean, the the last one that I think was Bray, uh, Braun Strowman. Well, didn't that happen a couple years ago? Braun Strowman and um, yeah, thrown into a garbage white or something. Well, he had a, yeah. Well, yeah. Well. Is the top, is is there was such a thing called a dumpster match, or I thought that was just a, a like a, a weapon that <laughs> something was used. used. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. It's like a it's like the chairs match. I didn't know that was an actual match. Right. Yeah. Um, or a stretcher match. The same thing. Like right, ambulance match. Yeah, ambulance matches are always fun. Ambulance. Ambulance. They've done that a few ambulance. times recently, but never. Um, but I feel like it's been on like a raw like 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 that's. I feel like some of these matches that we haven't seen on pay-per-views have maybe become raw, like, um, main events. I know Ambulance Match was one of them, like, Stretcher Match. So or you'll used... get them at, like, Great Balls of Fire or, like, No Mercy or you know, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I have, I have <laughs> to... Oh, my God. 
I feel like I have to, to say this. When we think about a lot of these matches, we think about a different era. We think about a time, you know, John calls it the... Uh, attitude era. Uh, well, no. The PG era. PG era, yes. <laughs> but, you know, we had the attitude era. We grew up as kids watching this. And the way that the matches were done, the types of things mm-hmm. that were done in the matches, the things that we are missing that's not happening now is has a lot to do with the switch from R or PG-13 to PG. So what, what I think that we also have to think about when we think about all of these matches is how can utilizing these matches, how can the wrestlers still make everything cool, make everything believable, right. make everything fun, mm-hmm. but keep it in that PG era? Because... You know, like one thing, one thing, like an ambulance match, for example. One thing that I remember was that Kane, one time, like threw his head into the door, literally threw <laughs> his head into the door and just cracked, bleeding everywhere. Yeah, you know, and you just you can't. What, see was this that. masked Kane or unmasked? I think it was masked Kane. Because that must have been some force if he was wearing a mask <laughs> to, to, to hit his head up against. Nah, the, you could see you know, the blood. You know. Unless he was wearing a blood pack. Yeah, well, he probably yeah. was. I, yeah. No, I, I agree completely because it... And I, again, I apologize for the, the eight-year-old demographic that's listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrestling is not real. Um, we're just here to critique still it. still real to me, damn it. It's still real. <laughs> that sounded like a legit... Hey, Chris, I forgot you were still yeah. there. I thought that was the actual soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of real, I was watching SummerSlam with Ping. Ping is my fiance with her family, and they all thought wrestling was real. That's amazing. They were like, oh my god. They're like, children, he's not, killing him. What's going on? For our viewers, out, oh, for our viewers, for our listeners out there, uh, the, the five of us actually have a um, know somebody that still believes wrestling is a real thing. And we're not going <laughs> to yeah. drop names or anything, but it's kind of sad, I guess. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little sad. But, uh, sorry, to go back to what Danny was saying before, because I do agree that we may find something you know, super appealing, you know, that was popular when we were younger. Mm-hmm. But you got to think now, like, the wrestlers that are, you know, the, or the superstars, the, the guys that are performing and girls. now, and, and ladies. How dare just, you? They're performing at such a high level where, you know, they're, they're not having, like, these two-minute, you know, uh, uh, dumpy matches where, you know, they're throwing like, someone through, a, like, a, a chain-link fence. They're... <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I th- that's, that's such a random. Yeah, but those know, but... a lot of those matches were not two minutes. Like you look at some of the Cactus Jack matches, they were thirty minutes I... in a ring that was made of barbed wire. I'll, yeah. I'll... <laughs> but I think now, like you know, even like the guys in Two Hundred Five Live, you know, the even wrestler, you know, like the, the the matches that we see on like Raw or SmackDown, they're sometimes like ten minute, you know, showstoppers. Like they are mm-hmm. huge matches, and these aren't like. You know, um, you know, this isn't like two jobbers. These are, you know, this is like Daniel Bryan and Rusev and AJ Styles and, sure. and uh, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan. So I, I think there's a way, like there's a good, there has to be an in-between, you know, for, like there's some matches that could probably stay buried, no, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> but there are others that nah. should give a chance to. Like I think, like for example, ladder match. Um I love. I mean, obviously, they're still ladder matches. Yeah, they're still doing. But, yeah, like, those are never going anywhere. I just thought of one that I think can really work 
in today's environment, but it had a lot of suspense to it. The strap match. Oh yeah, that was great. Two guys yeah. tied by yeah. the wrist, you know, hits yeah. the turnbuckle, two turnbuckles, three turnbuckles. Oh, he's got to get to the fourth, and you know, uh-huh. you could really play that That's, up. And yeah, I see that. On, I see that being on NXT. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And as long as they keep the title strap match and they don't put the word on in the middle. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Well, and you're really going to another territory. Match. I can just see like I, I hear the announcer now. Each uh, individual must put must keep their strap. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Good job, Cole. That's, That's great. And here, Vince laughing in the headset. <laughs> I want them to say that. <laughs> um, so, so double, double off topic there. Um, so, yeah, I think a strap match was is pretty cool because it's such a simple idea um, that basically they're yeah. they're staying within you know five feet of each other. They can't go any more than that, and they have to. Mm. Basically, mimic each other's moves essentially. To it's, it's yeah. like it's like every episode, like it's like that gimmick episode of a TV show where two characters are like locked together by like handcuffs. Yeah, like Kramer and Norton. Or, yeah, like <laughs> with just a lot of whipping in between. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think another match that actually would work pretty cool, or just do a one-time thing. Yeah. Would be either the War Games match from WCW or the Triple Cage match, where they have three. Whoa three cages on top of each other. Yeah, they could do like cool. two big guys like Reigns and Strowman or like doing something like that. Triple cage would be pretty, pretty intense. I mean, because it, it's, it's a, it's a huge structure. I don't know how tall it was. Does it say how tall it was at the time? Well, we were just looking at an article here, but you know, that would be pretty wild well, if they did something like that. Well, the, 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 the cage itself, I think is anywhere from seven to 10 feet tall. So go figure. It kind of looks like a wedding cake. Yeah. So yeah, go, basically, go figure, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe like 40 feet tall, something like that. Not very tasty though. Um, but yeah, uh, the War Games, I think, um, I think, no, the War Games was brought back for NXT back in November. They brought in, uh, it was NXT TakeOver War Games, I forgot what city was in, but yeah, they brought that match um, into the fray. It was uh, three factions, you know, at the time. I think it was Undisputed Era, Sanity, and um, God, I can't even think of the third team. Mm. Bay Bay guys the adam cole guys yeah undisputed era and sanity and uh it might have been a mix of some other individual guys but um it was the uh um, I, I, but uh. nevertheless point being you know it was brought back for uh, nxt which was, was a, which was a nice surprise i don't think anybody was excited I, I didn't know that refresh uh, my memory what were the, what were the rules of war game i think it, like a certain amount of people started uh, the match yeah one person add. yeah one person per team would start out and then I think every minute or a minute and a half another guy would come out from the other team and uh, but it would alternate so it was a clear you know two on one then it would even up and then three on two then it would even up uh, and then until all the guys were in the ring until the until one team I think gave up it or... sounds very unnecessary yeah. <laughs> it's wild I mean that's why they had that's why they had two rings to, to separate it and, and have two separate stories literally within the match transpire so they needed two separate rings so yeah I, think, Actually, I vaguely remember I'm sorry I, I vaguely remember the four horsemen in WCW against the NWO in this war game that was that possible yeah. that was 96 but yeah. the new the new horsemen oh not the original horsemen well, oh, yeah, was, no, 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 the new horse. Right, that, that, that is yeah. Flair, Greg, Malenko, Greg McMichael. Luger, Luger, Flair, Arn Anderson, and Sting mm. uh, versus uh, Hogan Hall, Nash, and NWO Sting. Um, and at that point, NWO Sting forced Lex Luger to submit the Scorpion Deathlock. Mm. 
Her. You know, however, uh-huh. going back in 1997, uh, it was an NWO featuring uh, Bagwell, Nash, uh, Six, and Conan. They defeated the Four Horsemen, which was he who shall not be named. Uh-huh. Uh, Malenko. Steve McNa- McMichael, Flair, and Kurt Hennig. And that's when, uh, see, that, see, that's the one I remember. Why do you yep. keep thinking Malenko? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you keep thinking Malenko. But yeah. um, at this point, I think we're going to wrap up this uh, part of the segment. And we're going to go into this week in wrestling. All right, so I think that we should probably start it off with Raw. Oh um, yeah, Raw was good. The one, the one thing that I wanted to discuss for Raw, and I think that we all kind of want to say a little piece on it, is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. That Kevin was Owens. unexpected. Uh, it was after the loss of Seth Rollins, Seth mm-hmm. freaking Rollins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Great match, by the way. Yeah, he yeah. basically. Uh, what happened was Raw went to break. They came back. Owens was in the, sitting in a chair with his microphone, and he basically just said, I quit, flipped the mic, and walked off. Mm. What do you guys think? Was it real? <laughs> to some oh, of God. our friends, some, yes. Something tells um, me this was Some people not think real. that it was real. 100% of work. Um, I'm speculating that this is going to be the beginning of a repackaging of Kevin Owens. In what way, I don't know. But uh, there's speculation that he could become a Paul Heyman guy. Exactly. And, um, and, so it could be like a revitalization point for him. And you know what? I mean, people that have been complaining about Kevin Owens for the longest time saying that he's getting buried, he's not getting proper showcasing. Look, he's on TV every week. He's having great matches, and he's clearly being put in a storyline now where he's going to be very likely to progress in some way. We don't know how, but we'll see how it plays out. Perhaps right. getting back to the prize fighter gimmick. Yeah. Along with Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece. He's sure. to better promote him. Um, but he's not that bad on the mic either. No, he's not. He's no. I, I, he's I, not. He, he doesn't need so Heyman he, to do that. He could just, you know, but, yeah, pairing them would be very interesting. For somebody that did not speak English, um, okay. growing up, right, from what I understand, he learned English watching wrestling, which is crazy, by the way. Yeah. He spoke French for most of his life, and he watched wrestling, gained a, a, a grasp of the English language watching it. And the way he works on the mic now is fantastic for not knowing any English at all at one point. Yeah. So, oh, dude, I, I think he sounds great. great. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it? Oh, it's it's with with Heyman. Think of who he's managed in the past. You know, he's managed Lesnar. That's number one. And he's you know Lesnar doesn't really speak that much in the ring. CM Punk. Um, but yes, like mm. I feel like when he's paired with someone that can you know can talk, it's it's a different dynamic. It's a more of like a business you know client relationship like i feel like punk and Heyman had a really good uh you know absolutely back and forth i think owens and Heyman can have that but you know Heyman's also worked with ryback and cesaro and mm. there wasn't much chemistry between those two uh, I, I vaguely remember that so i yeah. i think yeah, exactly and, and yeah. curtis axel so i feel like you know lesnar has that presence I think Owens has that presence, and he also has that, you know, uh, mic skill. So I think that'll be plus. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that Owens has the presence, like physically, of Brock Lesnar, but, no, but I, think, I, I think his wrestling, his wrestling skills. He has there. a star power presence. Oh sure. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And everybody loves him too. Well, on the other hand, do we think that he just needs time off? I think a little time off would suit him well. Because I, I mean, I'm sure he has some nagging injuries that he's work, uh, you yeah. know, working to heal, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use that liberally because uh, 
a lot of people are off with nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and WWE actually put his bio in the alumni section. Oh my god, that's move. There we go. WWE.com. <laughs> Classic WWE. Um, um, uh, Jinx. Get me a water. Thank you. <laughs> you owe me a soda. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think Owens, uh, I think that's going to be very intriguing. Um, Should we talk Elias and the return of Trish Stratus? Mm-hmm. That was For, pretty cool. The first thing I, I noticed. I was 100% stratified. <laughs> that was a, a great segment. First thing I noticed, well, two things I noticed. Uh, this is just me noticing things that a lot of people don't notice. One, she had a very heavy Canadian accent, and I never, ever yeah. noticed that. They were in Toronto, man. you got to yeah, play that up. Right. when you're but away from the ring. Her aboots came out. Yeah, right. Her aboots and yeah. maple syrups came out. Second thing, um, <laughs> she was wearing a lot of heavy makeup, and that made her look a little bit older and very ring-worn. Uh, I, I think if they're going to bring her back out, at least trying to make her look ready to come back to the ring. I don't know. I disagree. She looked like she was in shape. She looked like she was. Oh no! I didn't say that she was in shape, but Uh-oh. like you could see the wrinkles. It, it's not. Uh, not everyone wants to see that, and I don't know. She looked attractive to me. I don't know. I, listen, hey I, man, old lives matter too. <laughs> I I love Trish. I've had a crush on her since I was. Uh, oh yeah. Since, since I, you know, knew what TNA was. Good TNA. <laughs> Test <laughs> Nitro Albert. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but I I thought it was I thought it was you know clever for. Elias to come out, and then he, you know, he he gets smacked in the face by Trish. I don't think anyone. I don't think he, you know, was buried at all. Like I saw a lot of like people commenting on some like the Facebook groups that I'm in. You know, like, oh, they're burying Elias, burying Elias. He got smacked by a woman after saying that she should be in a bra and panties match. I think he deserved it. I think everyone knew he deserved it, mm-hmm. and it was funny. He didn't get thrown by Ronda Rousey. He didn't you know, get beat up by the you know by the women wrestlers. But it was funny. Shout out to Elias for going back to the uh, the gimmicky matches that we all know and love from the Attitude Era. Yeah, what a throwback. And, and jokingly remarking that uh, he does not date women in their 60s, <laughs> alluding to Trish's uh, <laughs> progression in age. Hey, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it was that the makeup really that gave it away, like I said. That was hysterical. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, all, it all comes full circle. So um, I think she looked good. That's just me. I yeah. do I. I wholeheartedly I agree. agree. Now should we uh, should we get into the meat and potatoes of the evening? I think it was the the alliance of Strowman, Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Who? Okay, so I'm just gonna like last week we were at Raw, and then we saw the Shield come out, interfere in the in the in the you know the the, the cash in, and I couldn't tell personally who was being you know who was heel, who was face, was it you know. But when you go back and listen to it, you know, listen to the announcers, they're like, oh, my God, you know, uh, uh, the shield of old are back. You know, the boys are back. You know, they're, they're you know, killing it. Uh, they're, you know, destruction, this and that. Yet, when we watched Raw, uh, you know, on, on Monday and Strowman, you know, comes out and attacks Reigns, it's a, oh, my God, it's a three-on-one attack. This is, you know, carnage in the ring. They're beating him up. This is, you know, uh, uh, just a, a total beatdown. And then you see Ambrose and, and Rollins come out slowly. So, you know, they're clearly they're making, Strom, you know, Strowman the heel in the situation. Um, although I, just, I don't think he's a heel though. He, I, that's the thing. I don't think it he's works. too popular. He's to very, be a heel. he's very popular it's, to be. A heel. Yeah, I just don't think it works. Well, no. I mean, you know, you know what I think the thing is too. Like now, 
with all the social media, right? we talked about this last time, how you see a different side of the wrestlers, and then you also kind of see uh, through the Attitude Era from Stone Cold, they wanted to make him kind of a bad guy, but it didn't work because everybody was cheering for him. Exactly. You know, and it, it, the lines are blurred. It's not right. like it's not it's like nine. Yeah, it's not like nineteen eighty five. Hulk Hogan's the good guy. Iron Sheik's the bad guy. Right. You know. We're yeah. not in kayfabe world. We know. Like, yeah. Like everything's very blurred. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah. Oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, I'm, I was just gonna say. You know, everybody's still going to chant, "Get these hands." Hell, I still want to do it. Of course. It's we're we're, we're literally in. This is a a six person you know feud right now. Where literally everybody is over to an extent. You have Ambrose over as a face, Rollins over as a, as a face, Strowman over as a face, Roman over as a whatever uh, hmm. heel. Twitter. He gets he gets a lot of reactions. McIntyre's that. over true. as a heel. Ziggler is he's always been over. Um, so especially as a heel, and, I love and him. We as just a heel. I feel like there's these six top stars that we just don't know what to do with, mm. but we just know that everyone likes the Shield. And if we pair them against two heels, that maybe the heel, the heel, the heelness, I don't know, the, the I don't know. <laughs> well, either way, the, 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 the mojo of Ziggler and McIntyre will rub off on Strowman and paint him as a heel. But we just came from that, you know, from, from being a heel. I just don't, I don't know if it'll work. But I do love the shield. I just bought a shield t-shirt. Came in yesterday. Um, cool. So I'm, I'm definitely... I definitely believe. Is it is it the that. new one? Uh, no, I'm a, I'm what you call a cheap bastard. And I, <laughs> I got the one on, I got the one on clearance that was seven bucks. Um, I, how do you spell cheap bastard? Uh, cheap. I C-H-A-P, think it's it, it, and yeah. B A S T I D. Okay, I'm gonna put that in the minutes for next, uh, I next think, week. I uh, think cheap. C H E E P. So is that cheap, anything, cheap. anything else happening? Right? I think Corbin and Balor are doing their thing. Nothing and, major. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not really into the Corbin Bell. Yeah, me neither. Some of the girls had their matches. Yeah, it's got uh, Sasha Bailey had a little um, had a match with... I'm guessing uh, the Riot Squad, because I feel like yes. they've had matches with them Riot like squad. every week. Next week we'll see Nikki Bella against the... Uh, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella against the Riot Squad. Oh, no, it was uh, Sasha against uh, Dana Brooke. Yes, That's yes. what it was. Oh, okay. I'm thinking... What a squash guess, match. Guess who won. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. else major happened. Yeah. Uh, besides Trish Stratus and uh, Elias. Yeah. And then, uh, so I guess we jump over to Smacketh Down. And so far, the only people that have watched SmackDown this week are Chris. Well, I've watched a little <laughs> bit of it. Oh, oh, hey. Well, Chris, I know you had a lot to say about the Samoa Joe. And yeah, I don't know just, why I said it that way. Uh, Samoa. Samoa. No, I, I, I actually took notes. Because I I have a hard time remembering geek? what's going what goes on, but I I wrote down that Samoa Joe and AJ Styles feud continues to be white hot. I really enjoy the caliber of promos that Samoa Joe involving his family, and I wrote down a quote from him, it was like Daddy's already gone night night. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, and that really kind of deepens the feud a, a bit more, and this can go on and on and on. I think they're going to trade victories for a bit. Um, and it can only get better if they yeah. continue to have this strong uh, presence on on SmackDown Live. It's great, and that, and that's just bouncing off of what he said at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. daddy comment. 
Yeah, no, mm. this, this is a continuous theme, and, and I think it really, really works well. Plus, there's there's a lot of charisma between these two guys. They've worked together yeah. outside of the WWE. They both know each other's styles. They've, they've gone through hellacious matches together. <laughs> is there any captain charismas? Ooh, I mean, this is an instance I would love to where, see like, like, I want to see AJ go over on Samoa Joe because I don't like what Samoa Joe is doing right now. And that's what you should get your heel, you know. Like, yeah, classic he heel right. work. Like, I don't want to see Samoa Joe win because I want AJ to come out on top. And that's it, you know. Exactly. And that is, that is what was missing so much from the initial feud between AJ and Nakamura because, you know, you had these two baby faces that hmm. they were expecting, you know, we're going to have a fantastic match at right. WrestleMania. It ended up being not as good, I think, as what they would have wanted. It still was a decent match, but yeah. at that point, I think, you know, they realized with Nakamura they had to pull the trigger and establish him as a heel. And then the subsequent matches after that got even better because you were telling an actual story like you wanted to see AJ win. So now I think hopefully going forward they realize, you know what, you know, we can't just stick two guys in a match and, you know, just expect the match mm -hmm. itself to carry. I mean, there's got to be, I think, a story that engages people. And then we're seeing it right now with Joe and AJ. Yeah. I think uh, outside of that, we had Hardy and Orton. They're going to be facing each other in a Hell in a Cell. So they wow. officially booked. That should be a good match. So that's, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that should be a good match. And See, I find that very interesting because, you know, while, you know, Jeff Hardy and Orton have history with one another, so you know that they could work really well with each other, I find it very surprising that they played the Hell in a, the Hell in a Cell card on what is a middle-of-the-card match. Like, I would have expected AJ and Joe to go at it in the cell. That I could have seen, but, like, you know, Orton and Jeff, yeah. it's kind of weird. I don't know. Well, like, I, I, I agree and disagree because I I think they're trying to sell this Orton-Hardy feud, and I think the next way to sell it is by throwing it in the, in the, in the, in the cell. Right. I think you already have the AJ and Samoa Joe match sold. I yeah. think people are still going to buy it. You know, they still yeah. want to see it. They could always do something down the road if they, they want to. They could do something down the road. They could do like a steel cage match yeah. you know, at some point down the road. But I think they want to end this Hardy Orton thing in, you know, in, in the cell. But I, I agree. Yeah. I think it could have gone either way. And I was surprised too yeah. that they went with it. I was, I assumed they were going the, with AJ and some of right. But like my, my whole take is, you know, I don't know if, if they've done this with every Hell in a Cell pay-per-view since they've made it a regular thing, but I would always think that the Hell in a Cell match should close out the event. So yes, I'm wondering. Agreed. I'm wondering. It's going to be universal if Orton. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if Orton and Hardy at what place on the card they're going to get. I'm very curious to see. Part of where me thinks gonna they may open the show. It could happen. That, that could be it. They, I think I think that they might, but I mean, what I I have a lot of expectations for that match. Like I said, I would love to see um, Hardy do a swanton and Orton do some sort of RKO. So, something's and, going. There's going yeah. to be a big. Oh yeah, in between, yeah. In between yeah. the swanton or something, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I think well, we'll see. That plays out. Outside of SmackDown, I know we had Miz beat down on. Daniel Bryan, that we'll see where that feud goes, and um, really excited for that. Yeah, coming. That, uh, that was cool. I think we'll that should be interesting. And then Carmella uh, lost her championship uh, rematch. 
Mm-hmm. So I think she will probably be out of the title picture for a bit. I I anticipate her going into evolution facing off against like a veteran. I really? Think she, yeah, I think I think they're because right now she's not in the title picture anymore, so I think they're gonna give her something. Like who? But I think oh uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just I I think they're gonna give her perhaps, another spot. Perhaps Lita? Maybe. well How about Jacqueline? Jacqueline. 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 But I, I do think I mean that's that's down the road, but let's really let's touch on Becky Lynch, which may have been the highlight of, of yep. SmackDown. Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, the Becky heel turn is one of the biggest buzzing topics in wrestling right now. There's people that are actually adamant that uh you know, that it happened and they're very happy about it. But there's also some speculation now that WWE may not actually treat this as a full-fledged heel turn, and they might just have Becky just be a very angry person. That, an angry face. <laughs> I well, don't know. A very angry person. Did Becky Lynch turn heel, too? So she's Cause, not... Because like, I'm just reading an article where she basically said, come hell in a cell. This is a direct quote. Quote, come hell in a cell. I'm taking my title back. You bitch. Yes. So Ooh. she she said she, that she, on she dropped the some she some language there. Dropped yeah. that, huh? Right. And and she was apparently uh, her name was chanted very loudly. Oh, 100%. by the by the, la- they, by the live crowd there. So like I mean WWE has been known to you know drop the ball with people that are insanely over. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they get you know it's like handing someone a, a you know a giant stack of papers and saying like organize this and it's like I don't know how to organize this and like they fall down the flight of stairs <laughs> yeah. and all the papers are gone. Uh-huh. Um, Teen they, that happened to you, Andrew? That happens. To me. It's like, <laughs> I think I think of George Costanza with the wedding invitations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, reference. No. Yeah. Nope. Yes, uh, I get it. I just want to say one thing about this really quickly. Just don't lick the envelopes. <laughs> Aside from not licking the envelopes. Um, this is a great example of why I look at this Evolution pay-per-view and I think it's great that the women finally have their own uh, time to shine on their own and have their own uh, pay-per-view with their own set of matches. But I just get this feeling that because they're all, they're hyping it so much that, you know what, it doesn't feel like any of most of these feuds have that intensity to them where you really could get emotionally invested. This, on the other hand, I could get into because I feel like there's such personal animosity that they've built up between these two that all the other, you know, matches, I feel like, you know, they're beating each other up and then they're hugging each other. Oh, evolution, you know, it's great. I don't feel like I could get into a lot of, like, most of the matches on Raw. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte and Becky, on the other hand, you know, there's some pretty intense stuff going on there that I could really get behind. And I think yeah. throwing Carmella in there is... Given a little bit of a, a a good mixture of women too. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a, a a big heel, a big face, and somebody in the middle. I think mm-hmm. Carmel is not really either because nobody really likes her per se. But uh, but you, you do have a, a her her small group of fans that will stick by her no matter what. Right. So on that note, uh, that is the close of SmackDown, and we are going to close on another episode of the Empty Arena podcast. Episode three. Episode three is done. I think we've done it. In the book. In the books. Put it in the books. This is the second time we've been all five. Yeah. God. Even though all five of us are not here physically, we miss you, Chris. Chris. Hey, hey, bringing it live. Chris is going to be like the hologram. We're going to get like the Tupac hologram technology (laughs) and and have Chris perform live. But but Chris isn't dead yet. Um, So. (laughs) Ah, weird. (laughs) So, on that note, uh, we're going to close this out. Uh, I'm John. I'm Nick. I'm Andrew. I'm Danny. And live via satellite, we have... Live via satellite, this is Chris. Signing off.
This is the Empty Arena Podcast. If you have any questions or concerns or comments, please reach out to us at <laughs> please reach out to us at EmptyArenaPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Empty Arena Show. And, and check out our lit this is what the kids say now. Check out our lit Instagram <laughs> handle at Empty Arena Podcast. Awesome. So that is the end of the show. We will see you next week.